Hello, and welcome to the Gravel Ride Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Dalton. This week's podcast is brought to you by our friends at PNW Components. I've been riding the Coast Handlebar at 480 millimeters and the Coast Dropper Post for maybe almost three months now. And I have to tell you, I'm really sold particularly with my recent move down to Topanga, California, I've really started to own my appreciation for the suspended dropper post. So let's make an important distinction there. I'm a big fan of the dropper post, the ability to drop your saddle down via technical sections. The coast dropper post is actually a suspended dropper post. So it's air actuated, meaning you can tune it to your body weight and preference but the post will actually dip down when I hit a rather aggressive hit with the back end of my bike. So I'm using the dropper component when I know I'm going to get into some rough stuff and the suspended component when I don't. The net result of this is I'm always protected when I get into the rough stuff. Saddle up, saddle down. I've got a little secret weapon. This dropper post combined with the wide handlebars has left me as comfortable as I've ever been getting into the technical terrain. So if you're looking for something to up your technical elements, definitely give PNW Components a look at pnwcomponents.com. And for the Gravel Ride podcast listeners, you can get a 15% off coupon for your first order using the code THEGRAVELRIDE. So on to this week's guest. I'm really excited to welcome George Huxford from the bag company Apadura. Based in London, England, Apadura has a full range of bags for gravel cycling, bike packing, etc. You guys know I love bags, so it was exciting to talk to George and take bags from every different angle on the bike and talk about mixing and matching different bags to meet your gravel cycling needs. So I hope you enjoy this interview, and with that said, let's dive right in. George, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Um, yeah, it's a real honor. You are, I've been listening to your podcast for, for ages now. And it, yeah, some fantastic guests. And yeah, it's, uh, it's a real honor to be amongst them. I appreciate that. Well, let's start off by learning a little bit about you and your cycling background and then about Apadura and how it came about. And we'll, I'm excited, really. Everybody on the pod who listens to the podcast knows I'm a big bag geek. So I'm excited to kind of <laughs> just go from tip to tail and talk about the full range of bags that gravel cyclists can be using to you know satisfy their their gear capacity needs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That sounds great. I'm a yeah, I'm a massive geek on it as well. So we we're going to need someone to stop us if we get too much into the detail talking Perfect. about how zips work and all that kind of thing. But yeah, I'll try and keep it interesting. Right on. So how did you how did you get into cycling and how did you find your way to Apadura and how did the company get started? Well, I've, I, like a lot of your guests, started off in bike shops. Um, I, growing up, I'd always been into bikes, into well, anything really, into racing mountain bikes, riding BMXs, all kinds of stuff. Um, and that led me to working in bike shops. Um, after being in bike shops for a bit, uh, I moved up to, to work in some brands. I, uh, I ended up driving a big van full of demo bikes around the UK for a number of years going to events, setting people up on full suspension bikes, setting up in car parks and trail centers, um, which was, which was great. And that sort of led me down a kind of marketing path within the cycle industry. Um, yeah. And then I, I came across to Apadura once they'd been, uh, once we've been going for a little bit, um, to kind of, to help them with, uh, 
with the growth and positioning themselves in the in the kind of wider cycling market. So yeah, um, at this point I've been here. I can't even think now. Maybe it's three years. Um, but yeah, still a relatively young company, and yeah, and I've spent a good deal of time with them now. And when the company was first founded, did they? F- was it founded around a certain specific product or opportunity? Uh, yeah, to, to a certain extent. So the company was actually founded in 2013, but it was it was about a year until the first products came out. So our our founder Tory had been um, been riding for a great number of years and had really gotten into this side of riding, coming from a kind of long distance cross country background, and then moving into longer and longer events. And basically, had found that the kind of the gear on offer at that time in terms of kind of bike packing gear wasn't the same kind of experience and maybe wasn't the same kind of technical standard as she was used to um in kind of clothing and in the bikes and in suspension and all that kind of stuff and and wanted to kind of add a bit more technology and make it a little bit easier for people to actually get the stuff on their bikes so having done um tour divide she decided to kind of set out and set up the company um yeah and then by 2014 the, the first packs were on the market and since then, I think we've really entered the golden age of bags on bikes. The innovation has been super staggering the last few years by my likes. And we now see bags attached almost everywhere across the bike <laughs> when needed. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good point. I mean, when, uh, when bikepacking first started, it was really, um, it was more about what it wasn't. And it wasn't racks and panniers. Uh, and that meant people could put bags on the the right kind of bike for the particular surface they wanted to ride instead of starting with a bike that could take the luggage you started with the right bike for the kind of riding you wanted to do so if you wanted to ride for a week on a mountain bike or two weeks on a road bike you weren't you know um held back by trying to find something that could run a rack so yeah it, it kind of started that way the, the kind of the archetype of the bike packing range is probably the saddle pack but then quite quickly you saw handlebar packs and then frame packs um and those kind of like those three pieces make up what most people think of as the current kind of bike packing setup. But you're quite right. There's plenty of other places on a bike where you can where you can squeeze some space if you want to. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the big takeaways I wanted to have the listener arrive at from this conversation was just they already have a bike that's capable of doing massive amounts of adventure from, you know, multi-week, multi-month touring to just being more comfortable on a long, big day ride. So if we talk about the different types of packs, I thought it would be a good way to start just to start at the front of the bike. And let's go through all the different modalities because you've referenced handlebar bags, frame bags, and saddle bags, which we'll drill into. But there's also additional mounting points from top tube mounts to fork mounts to um, you know different. I know you've got different accessory packs that Velcro on to the bike anywhere you want. So let's start at the front of the bike and maybe down at the fork and just talk about what's possible. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really good way of, of going through it. Um, certainly when I look at a, a kind of bike setup like this, what I'm always trying to balance out is accessibility versus the, the weight and the weight balance on the bike. Um, so as you get kind of further away from where you are as a rider, that's the kind of stuff where you've got limited accessibility. It's the sort of stuff I'd be wanting to go into maybe just at the beginning of the ride or at the end of the ride. So on the fork where you're talking about, there's um, 
there's loads of companies now really getting into the idea of helping you know bike packers out by putting more mounts on their bikes um and the fork mount's a really good spot for that um it means you can carry around kind of four liters on each leg comfortably um it's a real solid mounting place for it um what it lacks is that kind of accessibility from the saddle so for me i'd be putting stuff there um that was more like a kind of camping setup maybe or stuff i needed for the for the at the end of the ride rather than things i wanted to be getting into as far as weight distribution george so you know i don't have any experience with extra weight on the forks like that on the side how do how does one think about that does it does imagine it slows the steering down quite a bit so is there are you packing your most lightweight you know non every moment needed items down there yeah that that would certainly be my suggestion um Packs on the fork here are some of the last packs I would add to a pretty full setup. So um, it's the kind of thing if we were setting out for a two or three week trip and you needed some extra stuff or if it got really cold, if you're planning mountain passes or the weather was kind of changeable, it's a real good spot for an extra thick sleeping bag or another layer for your sleeping system as well as like a big down jacket or something like that. Um, generally, the, yeah, generally, the principle we want to think about is the heavier the item, the closer to the bottom bracket we want to put it. Um, and that, that just keeps the handling, um, as you'd expect on your bike. And the, you know, a key thing about the bike packing setup is that we can use a whole system of small packs to kind of, um, to achieve that objective rather than putting everything just in one spot on the bike. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And when you look at the Apodura lineup, you can see a lot of these different small areas and accessory packs that are possible. And as you said, it's, it's really about, kind of taking the the big areas, which might be the the seat pack, the frame pack, and a handlebar roll, and augmenting them as necessary, depending on the duration of your trip. Yeah, yeah, you, you're quite right there. And, you know, uh, a mixture of smaller packs, uh, you know, a larger number of smaller packs is better than one big one. It also helps to organize, you know, if you're just going into one big kind of uh, really large pack, trying to find that one small thing you needed, uh, it can be a bit difficult. So having things more organized into lots of small places can, uh, can sometimes help you out. Yeah, absolutely. So going up a little bit onto the handlebar now, there's a couple different style bags that you guys offer. I, I've had previous experience with kind of a, a roll side bag, which mm-hmm. until I went to a larger handlebar on my gravel bike, it actually wouldn't fit on my gravel bike with a kind of a 44 centimeter bar. And to your point earlier, I it would sort of focus a lot of stuff that I wasn't going to need during the day. So I might put my sleeping bag in there because I was always a bit conscious of the weight on the front end of the handlebars, just in terms of the effects of the steering. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Often on my bike setup, this is exactly what goes there. My sleeping bag, uh, potentially a bivy bag or a lightweight tarp or shelter in here. Um, it's the sort of thing you, you want to be getting into just at the beginning and end of the ride or at the beginning and end of your day, really. Um, it because of the shape that you've got there you're quite right uh there are some uh restrictions based on how your bike's set up so kind of where your hoods are um how wide your bar is sometimes you'll find that different shifters with a different amount of uh throw um on that lever when you're shifting can affect this as well so it's always best to to really check all those before what when you're setting your bike up but you'll find most people's packs um similar to ours have a kind of that roll feature and that allows you to adjust the the width of what you're putting in there and most things you're going to put in there are compressible. So you can really um, shape that pack to how you want it. 
Yeah, and I do think I do think that the size restrictions on these bikes is actually a super positive thing because I think new bike packers have a tendency to try to bring everything in the kitchen sink with them. And <laughs> being forced to edit is so crucial, I found, in getting a bike that's still rideable and just getting the minimal amount of gear that you need to have to be safe. Yeah, you're, you're entirely right. I mean, we always say our gear is super light. Um, it is. We spend a load of time trying to make it as light as we can. But some of the biggest weight savings are just the fact that you can't get loads of stuff in here. So the the biggest weight savings are on the stuff that gets left at home when you're setting your bike up, the things you don't really need. Yeah. And I think when we talk about handlebar bags, there's definitely a range, right? There's obviously like the sort of the expedition style pack, which is trying to carry as much gear as possible. But there's also smaller packs, which I've talked about on the podcast before and how, you know, in the winter time, just having a small handlebar bag can be super, a super useful location for your extra jacket, your gloves, and a little bit of food. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, kind of the, the maximum space that we can really use up here is something probably in the 20 liter range. Uh, and that's on a bar, you know, that's really wide, like a real flared drop or maybe even a flat bar, depending on your setup. And then, yeah, we can go, we can go right down to something a lot smaller. Those kind of smaller bar bags that you're talking about, um, really good for gravel, as you suggest. Um, that kind of uh, semi-accessible, I call it kind of one foot unclipped accessibility, where you could just unclip that one foot, reach over to the front of the bike and grab out a jacket or a bar or something, is, is a really useful spot. And you can still uh, get that benefit even when you're going to a full bike packing setup by using an accessory pocket or another pouch on front of that roll. Um, there's plenty of brands that have a, a similar approach here but that kind of like little extra bit of it accessibility is important um for things you might want to grab on the ride so i think it's a great time to be having this conversation as a lot of parts of the world are going into winter time and just the idea of having a, a little bit extra storage capacity somewhere on your bike for an extra jacket or a vest or gloves can really add to the comfort level so slipping back a little bit on the bike another popular area is that top tube pack for kind of power bars, maybe holding your phone, a little bit of small amounts of food. For those of you who have stared down at the two bolts on your top tube and scratched your head as to what the heck they're for, they're really for these top tube packs that can add just a, a little bit to the to the bike. Yeah, this is a this is a fantastic spot for almost any kind of rider, to be honest. Um, and it, it's great that we're seeing so many more people uh, deciding to to carry some gear here. Um, this is really for the things that you'd normally put in your jersey pockets, but maybe, you know, if you're riding gravel, or if you want a little bit more room, you don't want to be reaching behind and riding one handed, trying to dig out your phone or another energy bar or something like that. This is a much better spot. You can instantly grab it. You can see what you're carrying. Um, there's multiple different sizes uh, and options out there, depending on whether you're valuing lightweight or you want something that's fully waterproof or like you mentioned you want something to use those bolts on the top of your bike for extra stability that was actually one of my first epiphanies of bags on the bike for gravel and i what you said is spot on when you're off-road reaching back to your pocket becomes more difficult so having something in front of you while you're on a, a sort of a bumpy climb that you can unzip or flip the flap over and just grab some food or any item you need quick access to has really been a game changer for me. I really enjoy that. I've stopped using it a little bit in um, as I've moved to the next bag I wanted to talk about, which is sort of the, the quarter or half frame bag. 
Can you talk about that type of bag, how it attaches, and maybe the storage capacity those bags offer? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, my experience is actually very similar to yours. Um, so this kind of pack uh, occupies the front space of your frame triangle. Um, I refer to these as kind of a, like a wedge bag. Um, the key thing with this kind of uh, pack in there is it's not size specific to your bike. Um, it still allows you to run water bottles uh, and have access just as normal. Um, typically, in this space on the bike, we can give you somewhere between two to four liters, depending on what kind of uh, setup you've got and what kind of pack you get. Um, that's about double what you get from a top tube pack. Um, the cool thing about these is they're really, really stable. They'll typically be connecting to your down tube, your top tube, and potentially around your head tube as well, which means they just lock in there. They're really out of the way, um, completely clear of your knees, however you're climbing or whatever kind of riding you're doing. Um, yeah, and, and for me, you know, quite honestly, mine stays on my bike all the time now. There's, there's no downside to it. Um, it works equally well, you know, completely full or empty. Um, so, yeah, if you put on that spare jacket and eaten all those snacks, then you're not left with uh, kind of any empty space. Yeah, I already skipped over that one. I'm glad you brought that up because that's one one that I haven't used personally, kind of the smaller um, right up to the front bag. I, I jumped right to the quarter frame bag going all the way to the seat tube. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. So I think I think that's a, actually a great point because and that's uh, that's the takeaway, I think, for the listener is kind of look at the range of bags your favorite supplier has. If you go to the Apodura site, you'll see all these different things and you'll start, it'll start to click in your mind. Oh, that would be a good combination. Maybe it's a, a top tube, tube bag and this little bag or a different seat bag or a handlebar bag. And you start to piece together the storage capacity that you need for your style of riding. Yeah, that's quite right. And, it, you know, and if you find packs that really work for your kind of epic kind of day rides, and then you want to take it up to something a bit further, and it's just a matter of at it, you know adding something small. If you if you go in and you know you're you're only getting packs with the idea of your you know one week long trip a year, you'll um, you won't have as much use from the rest of the time. Yeah, I'm I'm frankly probably guilty of carrying too much stuff on the daily, just because I have that full kind of length of the the top tube quarter frame bag on my bike. But I just love the convenience of it. I don't really have to think about editing too much of my gear. I just have a full, uh, you know, repair kit in there, plus jacket and extra gloves almost every ride. Yeah, yeah, this this is a great, um, it's a great kind of pack going all the way back to that uh, seat tube. The the other benefit for, you know, when you're going on longer trips is that things like tent poles, um, that they can start working in there once you're using the full length of your top tube. Um, depending on how big your bike is, uh, you do have to start thinking about how you're going to carry water at this point. If you're on a smaller bike, you may have to use kind of bottle cage relocators or consider using a smaller bottle or even side entry cages just to make sure that you still got access. Um, but yeah, for most people, this kind of like half frame pack like that um, isn't going to get in the way of very much. And it's going to give you storage capacity up to about about five liters, depending on your frame size. Yeah, that's a good point. And actually, I did move to those kind of side-mounted or side-accessed bottle cages to just accommodate two water bottles on my medium-sized frame and that style bag. The other thing I want to point out is I've sort of eliminated for my daily rides any other type of bag on the bike. So I'm no longer using a seat bag or a handle bag when I have that, what I call the quarter frame bag, I think you're referring to it as a half frame bag. When I put that on, I just kind of consolidate everything into it. 
And I do enjoy the kind of clean aesthetic look to it. And also the knowledge that with some smaller bags, whether it's reattaching a seat bag or a handlebar bag, you know, I sort of dramatically open up from a percentage perspective what I can carry. Yeah, yeah, that's quite right. And, and you know, moving away from storing stuff under the saddle does open up more options for, for dropper posts or potentially like mud guards or, you know, just knobbing to put your hands in an area where you're often getting a load of spray and dirt. Um, plus loads more rooms for snacks, obviously. Exactly. Well, now let's move on to the big guy. It's something I've never personally owned, the full frame pack. So that's that's something that's occupying you know, almost the entirety of the area and the main triangle of your frame. But as you alluded to earlier, from a kind of a weight distribution perspective, getting a lot of your gear down in that area is super important in terms of ride quality. So could you talk about full frame packs and how you see them being used? Yeah, um, full frame pack is is actually one of those packs where often people aren't sure, but if they end up using one and kind of take the plunge, it becomes one of the favorite packs. For me, this is the kind of gear that you'd be thinking about um, if you were doing a multi-day ride. Um, the, the main advantage here is that you're really maximizing all the space in that triangle. If you think about it, you know, uh, bottles and bottle cages are actually a pretty inefficient way of filling that kind of triangle shape. If you know, if you get given a triangle using two cylinders, isn't the best kind of way to use it all up. So completely filling that that, uh, that frame shape with a pack, and then being able to carry water in there in a more efficient way. Uh, something like a bladder, um, just something you just pulled out your camelback, um, stored down low, means that you get so much more storage space, and you're carrying all this water really close to the bottom bracket, which is going to mean your handling is. Um, isn't impaired at all by carrying an extra load. And I noticed on your pack, you've got two zipper access points. Is there actually a divider in there somehow? Yeah, on, on our packs, there are. It's, a, it's actually a removable divider. So depending on how you're getting your setup um, organized, um, you can have that kind of shelf in there. It's something I use personally. I use the lower half um, either for, yeah, for a water bladder, like I said, or potentially a load of tools down there, some kind of, that is sort of heavy spares. Um, if we're doing a long trip and you may be expanding that repair kit for all kinds of situations and to be able to repair stoves and tent poles and stuff, then your toolkit can, can quite quickly grow and having it kind of low and stable down there is, is a good spot for it. And then the, the shelf basically means that you have that, that frame pack that you enjoy using on the top. So you can just use that as you normally would. You also have, um, like, uh, cable ports there. So if you are running a bladder, you can run a hose out. If you're using it to store batteries, to power lights or your GPS, then you can be running cables in and out. Okay. So if you're, if you're running a bladder, the, the hose of the bladder can actually run interior until the top where there's a port to kind of allow it to come out? Yeah, that's, that's quite right. So yeah, that, you know, it's moving on to a pretty, pretty full-on bikepacking setup at this point. But if you're really looking to maximize uh, the space in your bike, then the, yeah, full frame pack's an excellent way to go. I was playing around with a bladder in my quarter frame bag, and it got stuck on kind of what to do with the tube as it was kind of dangling around and how to make that <laughs> kind of you know, most efficient and, and safe, frankly. Can you talk about how people deal with the tubes once they're coming out of those packs? Yeah, yeah. It's it's actually something that's really developing a lot. Um, we didn't see it even a couple of years ago so often, but we're seeing it more and more at the start line of races now. Um, and it tends to be people using magnetic solutions to manage that tube. So there's quite a few companies that will make a kind of hose management 
kind of little clip that would normally go on a rucksack or something like that. Um, and we've seen people taping it to their bars or using it um, through the straps of their other bike packing setup. Um, certainly that's what I do on mine. Um, I run a small clip through one of the straps um, around my stem holding a food pouch or something. And then, um, yeah, the, uh, the hose just clips on there. I can grab it when I need it. You see a lot of people uh, who are using uh, kind of aero extensions for, for really long or really fast rides um, with the setup because it allows them to just, uh, you know, rest on their elbows and, and drink as they're powering along. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, thanks for dis- for clarifying that a little <laughs> bit. I was kind of scratching my head and I knew there's yeah, yeah. probably someone had a solution out there, but I, I eventually just gave up and put the put the cages back on. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's a, I like that a lot in bikepacking, you know, we you have to kind of adapt and overcome and, you know, you do get these kind of strange problems come up that you have to kind of think a bit sideways to try and solve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So shifting back towards the back of the bike, we now have the, the saddle pack. And I remember my first sort of proper bikepacking saddle pack, it was eye-opening to me how much stuff you could get in there. And also how well these bikes can still ride fully loaded. So let's talk about the big saddle packs you offer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the saddle pack is really the kind of the iconic piece of, of bikepacking luggage. Um, again, it's, you know, it can work across any of your bikes. Uh, you're not being held back by having to have a rack or, you know, thinking about the space there. Um, we offer saddle packs all the way from five liters up to 17 liters, depending on what kind of riding you're doing. Um, and this space, as you say, is really flexible. Um, the, the best advice is, again, to try and get the heavier stuff towards the bottom bracket. So towards the nose of that saddle pack, bring it towards the center of the bike. It's going to result in a more stable pack uh, and better handling. And then uh, softer stuff in there as well, so it will conform better. Uh, so I often put a lot of spare clothes in there. I'll have my kind of wash kit maybe in the nose. And then potentially... A, some other like clothing layers um, that I might want to grab whilst whilst on the ride. It's still fairly easy to access this part, um, you know, with one foot unclipped at the side of the road. Um, it's not stuff that's necessarily locked away for the whole for the whole day of riding. Yeah, I had purchased one of these bags, and then uh, a buddy of mine at work had asked to borrow it, so I gave it to him, and he gave it back to me at work one day. And I had been in a routine of carrying everything on a backpack in a backpack with my sort of 10 mile commute or 14 mile commute into San Francisco. But I happened to have this bag at the office one day. So I shoved everything in it and it was like a light bulb went off and I was kicking myself for having this thing in the garage (laughs) most of the year and not using it for my commuting because it's, it's, I mean, it's very clear when you think about it, but it was quite easy to have a full set of spare clothing, whatever I needed, and just kind of roll the back down more tightly than I would sort of have in a bikepacking setup. But then I had all the convenience of having nothing on my back and having the bike ride well in the commute. So I, you know, after the quarter frame bag, I highly recommend getting one of these saddlebags into your stable just because it can have utility much beyond, you know, a big back bike packing trip. Yeah, yeah, you're you're exactly right there. And and generally with these kind of packs, that adjustability is is a real bonus. Um typically you can roll away about half the capacity of a pack. So, you know, our, our biggest packs are sort of 17 liters. You can easily get rid of half of that by some some good compressive rolling and, and make it kind of a flexible place to store stuff. Um, 
Yeah, and the the handling impact isn't isn't as great as you might imagine. You know, the the bike is designed to have a lot of weight in the saddle already, so just putting a little bit more behind there, um, it doesn't really affect it too much at all. Um, especially if you've balanced your you know your larger setup with a few other packs um, around the bike, um, you can really have a a very neutral handling bike um, and still carry quite a lot of gear. Yeah, I really like what's happened in your lineup because a lot of us might think of. Oh, a saddle pack, that's where you have a spare tube and your repair kit, et cetera. And it's, it's quite small. And then we started to have this vision of, oh, we've seen these bike packing bags, but with your racing saddle pack, it's kind of the best of both worlds where it's got, you know, certainly a lot more capacity than a basic tool bag. It's got the roll top functionality, but it's not this massive thing. So if you're looking for something to just pack like a puffy jacket on for a winter ride to descent, I think that racing saddle yeah. pack size looks super useful. Yeah, you, you, you're you're quite right. Again, the um the racing uh, series really came from a lot of our faster kind of supported riders and friends um, who were really you know really rolling away all the capacity, even of our smaller packs from our other series. They really wanted something smaller and lighter, so they were using really minimal setups. Um, so that's where the kind of development came from. But it's ended up being uh, more useful for the rest of us, even on even on day rides and similar. You know, having just five liters behind the saddle really isn't going to impact you much at all. Um, it's a really lightweight pack, um, it tucks right out of the way, so you're not going to have any impact on your pedaling position. But just like you said, you can you can really increase the kind of uh, the kind of gear that you're carrying and be ready for for more things and take on more challenging rides. Yeah. So if you're not jazzed, perhaps on the visuals of how a quarter frame pack looks, or maybe as you mentioned earlier, you're riding a small frame that would necessitate you not having bottles on the bike. Going with that kind of racing style uh, rear rear pack, I think is a super uh, useful alternative. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's not it's not one of the really massive ones that you've maybe seen uh, on full bike packing setups. It's not going to hold you back in terms of weight or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. And I have to say, for 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 those of you unfamiliar with Apadura, go over to apadura.com and not only peruse the sort of various bags that they have to offer, because I think it will, again, spark your imagination as to what's right for you, but check out the Ambassadors page. You may recall that I interviewed Jenny Tuff a few months back, and she was talking about her use of the Apadura bags on her all her expeditions including that spectacular story of the Atlas mountain race. So I, you know, for me, I love geeking out. I may never do something like the Atlas mountain race, but I love reading these stories. And again, it will just shed light on how people are using these packs and how durable they are. And frankly, how capable the bike you already have in your garage is for this type of expedition. Yeah, absolutely. You, you just, a couple of packs away from having a bike that could really ride ride anywhere and and like you say those uh, those ambassadors and our other friends are so important in developing this gear uh you know we design our packs here in london and it's it's not like we can kind of go and cross mountains in our lunch breaks and, and test out the function so we really rely on our community of friends and ambassadors to be putting our packs through proper testing and that means sending them you know to all over the world where people are going to take on the next big challenge we we really need all our gear before it ends up on our website to have you know been doing multiple multi-week trips to to make sure it's up to standard and and our friends are, are absolutely crucial in that yeah it's a lot of fun there's a couple other things one thing that you guys came out with i think just this year was that expedition down tube pack 
And I think this falls in the category, obviously, of like, if you've exhausted every other location, (laughs) this is a neat way to carry things. But I just thought it was cool that you've created kind of a durable roll sack that can essentially attach anywhere on the bike. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we didn't realize that it could attach anywhere until people started doing it. Uh, and then we, <laughs> and then it turns out, yeah, that people have a lot better ideas than us. Um, yeah, uh, uh, this is this pack kind of came around uh, in response to what we'd all been doing for a while anyway. That, that space under the bottom bracket is a great space to carry something heavy that you don't need very often. I've been strapping a, a stove or an extra water bottle or, you know, using duct tape and, and bits of wire and stuff to make another bottle cage down there for a number of years. So the chance to actually make something specific there was um, was really good. Um, it means you can get that kind of the, the benefit of having a third bottle cage down there, which a lot of um, bikes are now coming with uh, on any bike. Uh, and you can use that space for something that isn't just water. So this is a perfect spot for a, a kind of more more serious toolkit for for an expedition or a long ride and it gets it right out of the way um all our gear is fully waterproof the expedition series was the first fully waterproof set of bike packing gear on the market so even though it's in a spot where it's gonna you know have a pretty hard time with the elements um everything that's in there is going to be dry when you need it yeah and i think the thoughtful part of the design here is that the cylinder shape is edited down so it's not going to become too bulbous to affect, you know, pedaling with your cranks or get in the way of your tire there. And that's, that's important. You know, obviously there's a lot of great hacky ways of attaching things to your bike. And certainly if you're unable to, to purchase any of these things, hack away. That's the beauty of gravel and the beauty of adventure cycling. But when you do work with a company that's sort of thoughtful in, in sort of the proportions, you do get these really nifty pieces. Yeah, I thought I'd, I'd got away from uh, from all the bottom bracket dramas when I left bikes behind. But where we were having to get open all the spreadsheets and try and work out all the different kind of bottom bracket types down there to make sure that the pack wouldn't get in the way of anyone's uh, anyone's cranks, whatever kind of setup they were they <laughs> yeah. were using. So yeah, I, I thought I'd escaped all the different types, but yeah, we, we were there again. I'm sure. The other funny thing we were talking about offline that you you had shared with me, we talked about how you know when you're gearing up for your bike packing expedition particularly sort of in my case, when I've only done a handful of these, I pack everything very precisely and I try to max out every nook and cranny of my bag capacity. But then at the end of the day, I roll up to a taqueria and I want to get a burrito and a Coke and I've got absolutely nowhere to hold it. What, what, what have you guys done to solve that problem? Yeah, yeah, you, you describe the problem exactly, and it's one it's one that we had, uh, and the the better we got at packing our gear, the worse it came. Uh, so we, we were always telling people to pack some spare space just for this. Um, but yeah, this year we decided to actually try and design some packs that would that would allow people to to solve this problem. So yeah, the packable series of a, a musette and a backpack um, is designed for this. They're super packable miniature packs. Um, you can have one scrunched up in a jersey pocket or in any other space on your bike. They've got straps to attach to any spare part of your frame. And then when you get, yeah, and when you want that big feed up or you're going to get a load of food and take, take it to the campsite or, you know, you decide that maybe your trip isn't as fast as you thought it might be at the beginning. And maybe a couple of days in, there's going to be more beers involved than you'd maybe planned at the beginning. You've got that extra bit of space to, yeah, to pick up supplies, souvenirs, anything you fancy, really. And then when you've eaten or drunk your fill, you can pack it down again and, and get it out of the way. 
Yeah, it reminds me of the sort of the kind of reusable grocery bags that we have in the U.S. that sort of pack down to, you know, less than the size of your fist. It's a similar material, I imagine, to that, but just kind of formulated in a, in a, uh, ba- um, a backpack style so you can carry it easily on the bike. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they were definitely an influence. Um, the key one on these is that we we wanted to make them waterproof. Um, all our gear is waterproof, so um, we spent a lot of time trying to work out how we could make them fully waterproof, and then adapting the fit and size so they would actually work when you were on the bike. Um, so there's a there's more kind of structure to the to the shoulder straps, and you'd be used to with those kind of grocery bags. It's a bit more comfortable for carrying a gear for a bit of a longer way. Yeah, it, it's nice. I mean, I think you know, as an industry, we've kind of moved away from big um, um, backpacks carrying heavy gear because we've all experienced how awful that can be to your posterior and your back. And so like with all these great bags, you've moved it onto the bike, but certainly for a trip to the grocery store, a six pack of beer and some burritos, it's great to kind of just be able to throw something that you can safely ride after a long day. Oh, definitely. And, you know, we've, we've had people uh, send us messages that are really enjoying these packs who are totally not coming from a kind of a bike packing background at all, that this little pack is just strapped to that bottle cage or maybe, like I said, maybe in their jersey pocket. Uh, and at the end of a, you know, just a pure two hour road ride with their friends, they're going back past the grocery store and can actually take stuff home rather than the kind of uh, classic carrier bag hanging from the drop bar, you know, swinging dangerously towards the spokes as you make your way home. Exactly. Now, I think, you know, I think that's a common thread in our conversation, just this idea, like, once you get one of these bags, whatever it is, and who's ever it from, it really just opens up a world of possibilities, because they're so versatile. And the bikes are capable of carrying so much when you need them to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And people shouldn't be afraid to go, you know, try stuff out. Uh, Lots of the cool developments that have happened in cycling in general and gravel more specifically have been when people have kind of left those rules of what road riders were doing 10 years ago behind and embraced wider tires smaller wheels bikes that can do more things um and i think uh you know using packs on bikes is is part of that um some people might not like the the way it looks but once you've got you know one of these smaller top tube pack or the small frame pack or the small saddle pack on there you just find it so useful um, and, and it's really liberating and just allows you to do so much more with your riding. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the look of it and maybe this is sort of something you experience in spades with, in the UK in just in terms of the road culture and the aesthetic that's been pushed down our throat for the last 30 years. It is hard to make that shift away from it. But to your point, once you do, in my case, I was happy to take the flack from my roadie buddies because I knew that I had so much more comfort with me in terms of an extra jacket or what have you on my bike. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, if going fast is your thing, then, uh, yeah, I uh, I challenge you to get a, a gel out of a jersey pocket as quick as you can get out of a top tube pack where it's right in front of you and you can still be, you know, have your hands in the right place. <laughs> so true, so true. <laughs> Well, George, I appreciate you geeking out with me on the bags and just kind of giving the listener a rundown of all the different things that are possible these days. I'm, I'm always super excited to talk bags and I always encourage everybody to just take a look at what's out there and sort of put it on your longer term wish list because it can be really game changing for your gravel comfort. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, absolutely great to talk to you as well. And yeah, I mean, the main thing here is that, you know, everything we've spoken about you can put on any of your listeners' bikes as well. You know, the, we're not encouraging people to go and buy another bike here. 
everyone who's listened to this already has a bike packing bike. So, you know, with the right combination of packs from wherever they decide to get them, they can they can have a bike that could take them for, for days, weeks, months, whatever they want to do. Right on. Thanks, George. Big thanks to George for joining the podcast this week. I hope you took a lot away from that conversation. Definitely check out their website to understand everything we've been talking about, because I know it can be a little bit hard to visualize how some of these different bags attach to your bike and what they look like. But suffice it to say, you can find any and every combination of bags you need for just enhancing your daily rides, your winter rides, where you have to carry a little bit of extra gear to those huge bikepacking expeditions. It is all possible with the bike you have. I love how George ended the conversation just reminding us that the bike in our garage is an adventure bike and it can do much more than we think it can. So that's it for this week's pod. Thank you so much for joining us. And big thanks to everybody who's been joining the membership program at buymeacoffee.com slash the gravel ride. The support means a ton to me, as do your ratings and reviews. I love reading what you have to say. So please visit me at buymeacoffee.com slash the gravel ride, where ratings and reviews can happen on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Until next time, here's to finding some dirt under your wheels. <laughs>